Hey, this is Eric, and you're listening to NeuroDetergent. And this is Sarah, licensed clinical social worker. And this is Katie, licensed professional counselor. Our goal is to reach like-minded folks in an effort to connect, encourage, and support each other in our struggles navigating life with neurodivergence. What are we forgetting? Um, um oh, fun. Fun. And laughs. And laughs. Along the way, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> A stubborn stain on your atypical brain. You need neurodetergents. We're gonna spill the tea about ADHD and wipe it clean with neurodetergents. You need neurodetergents. All right, you are listening to Neurodetergent. This is Eric. I'm here with Katie and Sarah, as always, Katie. licensed Katie. clinicians, yes, licensed therapists, and uh, how was your week, Katie? You had a fun it's week, huh? It's been the longest week that I can remember. I feel like Monday was a thousand years ago. I had jury duty on, on Tuesday. Well, jury okay, duty. I should correct that. I was summoned for jury duty selection. And so I had to go at 8.30 in the morning and present to all the people that were there. Um, I've never been selected for jury duty before. Have you, It's a trip. Sarah? No, I haven't. I've been called, but never had to appear. Did you ever go for the process? I mean, what's the process? Okay, so you get a summons. Yeah, I've never been summoned. You've never been summoned? No, never. never been. I've been subpoenaed uh, to testify against someone before, but I never ended up getting called in. And I was actually talking to Sarah about this the day you she told me that you were in your jury duty thing, because. you know, you can't bring any electronics in there with you. And I just, I literally sat in the back just watching the second hand of my oh, watch going around until I could leave. <laughs> so let me set the scene. Um, I get there. I'm supposed to be there at 830. I think that I, I'm at the light downtown to mm-hmm. turn on to like, you know, the, the road that the courthouse is on at like 835, of course. Okay. So I'm like peak anxiety. I get there. Um, uh, I go into the room and then they kind of like, uh, like, like cattle, uh, take all of the people who, which is like 90 people. Oh, wow. And they have to select. So there were two cases that were going on. They were, that they were selecting a jury for. So we split up into four. No, there were, okay. Three 40 groups of 45 people. And so you go up, um, I, they immediately seat you. You're, you're, you're sitting there. Um, I'm digging through my bag trying to find gum because mm-hmm. I, my mouth tasted like a straight up asshole. Um, so, <laughs> okay. and and the judge stops everything and says, "Ma'am, ma'am, are you okay?" Talking to me. Oh wow. Awkward. Um, and so the whole process is like uh, somebody with my brand of ADHD's nightmare. Um, you have to stand up if you're called upon. You have to state your jury number, like your jury number, your juror number. <laughs> It's hard to say. And then listen to the question, wait for them to be done talking. You cannot interrupt them. Answer the question. And then once the complete interaction is over, you sit down. My brain could not compute this process. I kept stand I kept sitting down when I was done talking, then I'd have to stand back up. It was it was an ordeal. Um and then at one point they break for lunch, which is two motherfucking hours. Oh wow. That's and a you long can't lunch. leave the building. Oh, are you serious? When we get to the place where they're selecting the jurors, you go up these stairs. You go up the stairwell. So I went to the stairwell thinking that's how you get to the bottom floor because I want to get – I maybe no, nobody else is supposed to leave, but I'm going to leave in that two hours. I cannot <laughs> sit there. Uh, I get stuck in the stairwell. Oh, shit. Like you have what? to have a code to get out. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm, like, sweating. It, the whole thing, start to finish, nightmare. Wow. Did you get selected? Oh, no. I <laughs> I asked if I could I could speak – to if I could like speak to the people like you know there's like the defense attorney the um the prosecuting attorney the judge all the people in there right uh-huh. uh and I just went in there and said like hey I do therapy on a platform that like uh, sometimes I don't ever see my clients face to face uh and this feels like there's like all kinds of room for ethical disaster on my part oh okay um, for me because I don't know if any of these people are my clients Oh wow, and they they used they 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 accepted that excuse. I mean, I wasn't selected. Whether that was the reason, <laughs> we'll never know. It sounds like a nightmare. Do you know what the case was about? Or are you allowed to say? I'm gonna say it, and you're gonna laugh when you find out. Okay, go for it. 
Uh, it was a man that was being convicted of, or sorry, a man that was being tried for sex or for um, domestic violence. Oh, okay. Why would I laugh about that? Because I would not be somebody that would be selected for that jury. <laughs> you would not be impartial <laughs> on that jury. And I said that <laughs> multiple times. I said like, uh, you know, I couldn't. I there's not a way that I could be impartial because of like what I understand about that and having worked with like victims of domestic violence. Okay. It was awkward because he, the person that was. The trial was for the defendant was there. Oh, wow! Yeah, he's there during the jury selection like, process. I mean, it's it's intimidating. I'm not, you know, trying to pat myself on the back or anything, but you know, I've <laughs> never been tried for a crime they, in court I, yeah, before. Yeah, so me I either. I, after, I don't know how the process works. Well, listen, <laughs> let me tell you what. Uh, it did not give me confidence in our legal <laughs> in system. In our legal system. Okay. I, I hear uh, you. Knowing that that's the process is terrifying because uh, not only do every single person in there kind of let everybody else know that they don't want to be there, but even like it's even the judge and like all the attorneys like say that out loud. We don't want to be here. We know you don't want to be here. Oh. And well. I'm like, the, the guy whose life you're going to be making decisions for is right there. That's awkward. That is awkward. I would be terrified. Yeah. It's a little terrifying, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. So that was that was Tuesday. Uh, uh, I did not prepare for that at all because I just assumed when I called that they would say what they always say, which is like, your jury number is not, so, like, you don't have to come in. Mm -hmm. And so I had to, like, kind of call all my clients that day. It was a, uh, it's been a nightmare week. And they don't really compensate you fairly for having to miss work. They don't compensate you at work. all. You don't get compensated. No, at the all. first two days you're not compensated. After that, it's twenty five dollars a day. Oh my I God. lost like seven hours that day at work. That's and I'm an independent contractor, so I don't like get paid. Yeah, and it's not like they're gonna anyone's gonna compensate you like the company you work for if you have jury <laughs> duty. I think I've worked for some corporations that have like a jury duty, like yeah. if you get called or whatever. Um, but luckily, that's something that's never happened to me. Um, yeah, I would. I know that now, moving forward, if I ever get summoned again, uh, I will be filing whatever is necessary, like sending in my paperwork so that I don't have to do that. Yeah. ADHD is a, say it, will you say the words? <laughs> sure. Uh, I believe that ADHD is something that will get you taken out yeah. before you even get called. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, I had an interesting week. Um, uh, so... A person that uh, I, I used to work in downtown in the bar business mm -hmm. for about 10 years from the time I was 21 to 31. Uh, and the way it works where we live, uh, that downtown area, it's a bunch of bars that are all just, you know, very close together. So you really kind of learn uh, who everybody is and you see them on a daily basis. Uh, so even if you don't work in the same business as them, you become close to people that you work with downtown. And there was a a man who uh, passed away um, a week or two ago that worked downtown that we were all familiar with, uh, that we all knew. In fact, I'd seen him a few times since I've moved back just this past year, uh, kind of a staple downtown. And uh, they had a celebration of life service for him. And it was one of the uh, most uplifting services like that that I've ever been to. Yeah. It was, it you know, they had a funeral. Okay, yeah. which I didn't attend because it, I believe it was in St. Louis oh, wow. uh, where his family lives. But uh, we had a service for him downtown and they had it in the local comedy club, uh, which, first of all, I mean, that's awesome. right? Yeah. If you're going to have a celebration of life service or any kind of memorial service to do it in a comedy club instead of like a church or some kind of reception banquet hall or something is, is pretty awesome. Um, but, you know, it was full of people that. Because I, I left for 10 years. I just came back last year, and it was full of people that I hadn't seen in 10-plus uh, years. Wow. Um, and there were, like, there were people that got up and spoke. Uh, there were people that got up and told jokes. Uh, a friend of mine that I was a groomsman at his wedding, he was the best man at my wedding. Uh, this person, his name was Jacob, the person that passed away, Jacob mm -hmm. Brody. But uh, he, uh, they were both ordained ministers, yeah. right? So Jacob performed his wedding. And the wedding that I was a groomsman at, and apparently he performed weddings for five other people. And apparently they're all still together. So he's, you know, oh, that's awesome. got a good track record. <laughs> it was weird seeing some of the pictures pop up because uh, it like kind of was a reminder of how close our circles like probably orbited. Oh, yeah. During that I mean, time. I sent you a selfie uh, <laughs> with someone that you and I both knew. Yeah. Uh, someone I've known for like. 
15, and 20 someone years. I've known yeah. for like 15, yeah, 20 just, years. We, we just didn't know that we that's knew, so funny. knew each other. Um, we probably met multiple times and we just didn't know it's it. it's definitely very possible <laughs> and that happens a lot yeah uh, but you know do you really remember like the door guy that well <laughs> when you go to a place well i mean i yeah no <laughs> or, yeah or the bartender if you're just there for one one time but anyway uh it was really awesome and our local community theater did a production of the color purple oh, wow. recently um and so they came and sang a song uh, oh, that's so the whole cool. cast yeah. uh and then uh, I guess he was a member of the Ozarks uh, Gay Men's Chorus. And I they said that he was their token straight guy. Oh, that's I awesome. didn't realize he was that like into singing. Of course, I'd seen him do karaoke and things like that. But uh, they kept bringing that up a lot. Yeah. So I kind of wish that I had seen more of him singing. Uh, but it was great. Like there was a lot of emotions. You know, there was yeah. laughing. There was crying. You know, I probably gave a hundred hugs. It was a lot of, hey, how's it going? All that kind of stuff. And then we all kind of migrated to this other bar, which happens to be owned by the person who hired me uh, at the very first bar I ever worked at. Um, so I got to see him and I got to see a lot of people that I worked with way back in the day. Um, mm -hmm. And it was like a high school reunion, but like you people you like, actually like, yeah. people you <laughs> actually like. And and I, have you been to many <clears throat> celebrate? Like, have you been to a celebration of life before? I nothing like that. It's weird. Yeah, that's what we did for my mom. So it, today is Mother's Day. Yes. Uh, so I. Just I mean, two it. weeks from now is when this episode's coming out. But today, as in. The in, day where we're sitting in this yes, room recording. right now, in this moment, it is Mother's Day. Uh, and when my mom died, she had a celebration of life. And it is a interesting, like, experience to, mm -hmm. to like, be celebrating a life, you know, yeah. that's, like, your morning as well. But, like, Jacob, uh, his dad was there, mm -hmm. and his dad and his stepmom came down uh, from St. Louis, and his dad got up and, like, told jokes yeah. and everything, and everyone was just, was joking and having a great time, and... Uh, you know, I got to meet a lot of people and, and see a lot of people that I hadn't seen and, and then seen some other people that like you and I know yes. that I didn't know also went in those circles back in the day. And it just makes me wish that uh, maybe it didn't take something like that happening for us all to be able to get together. Yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, that's just, you know, how, how life is. Yeah. We all get older. We all have children or have families or we migrate to other areas of work or we start our own businesses or we move away. I mean, there were people that, that came to town just for that. Yeah. Um, so it was really awesome. And uh, a couple of things were said to me that um, made me feel good. Like I had had an impact on some people back in the day. So uh, for those of you who are listening that don't know, uh, a friend of mine who was one of the guys that went up and spoke at the celebration of life, we had a podcast here mm -hmm. in Springfield that actually turned into a radio show that lasted three years. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> there was a guy, his name is Nate. He came up to me. He's like, oh, you know, one of the funnest things I remember is you had me in the radio station and we're all joking around and all this kind of stuff. And I accidentally cussed a few times on the radio <laughs> and all that. <laughs> um, I honestly didn't remember having him <laughs> on because, I mean, we did it for three years. We yeah. did like over 300 episodes. Oh, shit. Um, That's a lot. Because we would do two. We would do one for the radio and then one for the podcast. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So I, I didn't really remember him. But then I remember seeing another guy. His name is Timmy. And he he's more of like an acoustic uh, humor. Kind of like Tenacious D, Fly to the Concords kind of vibe. Uh, and he was introducing me to his, I'm assuming it's his girlfriend or at least someone he was on a date with. Uh, and he was like, Eric's the first person who ever put me on the radio. And then he told me, he's like, hey, man, that, that actually was a huge boost to my confidence that not only can I sing and be funny, but I can talk and be funny too. Yeah. And so like that really, like those two things like really just made me feel good that I had an impact on some people because you know what? I would love nothing more than to know that something like that <clears throat> celebration of life service is something that people yeah. could get together and do, you know, in the event that I pass away. Can I share something? Sure. So as you're saying that, uh, it, Again, it's Mother's Day. My mom, my mom died around this time mm -hmm. uh, in 2007. Okay. And um, so she was a moderator on this website called Web Sleuths. And okay. um, she was like the top moderator down from, from the person who owned the, the website. Uh, and about three years ago, I went on there just to check. And like there are paid, like, pages and pages and thousands and thousands of people who have like written poetry for her, like, uh, like made pictures for her, um, from like Photoshop and things are like 
you know mm. what I mean? And it is wild to see, like, to kind of be able to go back and, like, see the impact yeah. that somebody made. Like, so many messages that are like, this this person changed my life. This person impacted my life in this way. And it is, like, kind of crazy because I don't think about that very often. Yeah, you really... I don't think about, like, the and... impact, for example, that, like, I have on people, like, after I die. Right. You never really know. And that's one of the things that they <clears throat> teach you in in some leadership classes are like you know you may not <coughs> think about sarah who works for you all the time yeah but she may be talking to you about to their to their kids yeah to, to her kids or yeah, her spouse or, or whatever yeah um you know you're you're someone who works for you's husband could know more about you yeah. than you even think it's it's one of those things For that you really sure. don't know what kind of impact you're going to have on people, but it was really fulfilling. And yeah. it was one of the um, <clears throat> just most gratifying experiences I've had since I've been back. That's um, awesome. I'm <clears throat> glad that you, even though the circumstances were right, obviously yeah. very fucking sad, yeah. um, that you were able to connect with those people and like, like see, like experience firsthand, like the impact, like not yeah. very many people get that. It's, it's really, uh, one of the things that his dad had said, because, you know, his dad lived in St. Louis and, and he came down and visited and, but he didn't really know until this moment because yeah. you know, there was like 200 plus people. Yeah. That's there why it's wild. It is. For his son. I can relate to that dad. Yeah. Really. And that's got to make you feel like, as I would imagine as a father, that would Fuck make yeah. you feel really, really good. To Brody. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Wait, is that okay? Say what? Nothing. I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> I didn't hear it either. I said to Brody. To Brody, yes, of okay. course. Okay, but Brody. you looked at me funny, but we're... <laughs> you, you said it so quick, I didn't really... <laughs> that's so awkward. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, so that was that's what happened with me. Uh, Sarah, did you have a good week? Um, Yeah, it was a decent week. What? Liar. <laughs> that was actually... Right. Uh, it was actually a lie, but I don't but need to But we don't to have to talk about it if you don't feel comfortable, and that's fine. <laughs> uh, so today we're going to talk about uh, the portrayal of neurodivergence in popular media so yes. you know books tv shows movies things like that um and the first question i wanted to start off with you would be uh is there a character that maybe resonated a lot with you as a child that maybe portrayed some of the similar traits that you now realize you possess because you are neurodivergent looking back as an adult who wants to start? I'll start. Why okay. not? Because um, this is hard for me because unlike, I guess like different from you guys, I didn't have a huge presence of media in right. my childhood. There's so many things. I've, have you seen this movie? Do you remember this TV show? Yeah. And you always say a no. Lot, Sarah always says Yeah. Yes. A lot of the TV shows and media and like movies and stuff that I had uh, engagement with were not probably age. Well, we're definitely not age appropriate, like more horror, things okay. like that. Um, I would say like um, if so I. So Michael Myers. Has not even that. <laughs> it would be like um, the girl from Poltergeist. Okay. Uh, Carol Ann. Okay. Um, maybe like. Uh, you can't say her name without me thinking of that lady. Carol Ann. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this house. Is Trigger funny. warning. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go on. Um, probably the most so is like uh, Bart Simpson. Okay. Um, I think that like. Um, in a lot when I think about watching that show as like a kid, mm -hmm. I definitely, um, really wished that I could be like Lisa. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, I was definitely Bart. Like I was getting in trouble all the time. I, I, I think that his character in a lot of, like in a lot of ways is misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of like, um, people probably see him as like, if, if you, had to put a in problem child. Yeah, if you maybe. had to diagnose Bart, he would probably be like oppositional defiant or like uh, ADD, right? And he's very smart. He is too. very smart. Um, and like resourceful. Yeah. And, and adaptable. I was watching some. Now, I remember watching this. The Simpsons has been on forever. <laughs> you know, so I, I mean, I remember when it first started, but I was in elementary oh, school. Marge's voice when it first um, started was the worst. And, you know, of course, I lived in a household where I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons, so I could only watch it at friends' house and things like that. So I wasn't exposed to it a lot until I got a little bit older and that rule kind of fell away. Yeah. Uh, but I really haven't watched any new Simpsons in probably like 10 or 15 years. But I was watching some YouTube videos about like portrayal of like neurodivergence in media. And Bart Simpson was specifically brought up. And apparently there were some episodes where they, or at least one episode where they put him on 
medication. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, they I, did. I don't remember that. I re- oh, I, I don't think remember I do because I think it was a really exaggerated. Like he's like drooling. Oh, if yeah. I remember right, like it was well, he, like, one of the him. one of the points that was brought up in that <clears> video <throat> is that there's never really a portrayal of an, a kid with ADHD that takes medication where it like has positive it's effects. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. always zombie. Yeah. It's always make the kid a zombie. Yeah. They so, even showed a, a clip. I know we're probably getting a little bit farther into it, but they showed a clip of like a. The unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, oh. where she gives her kids some kind of medication, and she's like, "This is supposed to make him calm," and then all of a sudden he like comes down the slide, yes. and he's like, "Yes, mother, I'm oh, ready." Oh yeah, and that like really pissed the YouTuber off. They're like, yeah. this, "That's not how that's it not works." How it works. <laughs> I think also, yeah, to be fair, in The Simpsons, they need to address the trauma in the home. <laughs> I mean, oh, right. like, yeah. on the Kimmy Schmidt <clears throat> clip, like. Could you relate to that? Because you have talked about, yes, like, Yes, I yeah. could. I mean, it, of course, it's not that, like, yeah. immediate. But you feel it coming on and you feel I it wearing off. I do feel it like and that, yeah. there were times when I would go to, like, a birthday party or whatever that my parents would still make me take Ritalin before I went. And then, like, a few hours into it, I start feeling myself just kind of coming out of my shell more and being a little bit more active and a little more talkative and, and yeah. engaging with the people around me. Um, you know, and, and the more I think about that especially since, you know, I've known the two of you, uh, I really wish that there had been more of an emphasis yeah. on kind of you know, allowing you allowing space me to, not take it. to be myself. So in those, let instances. me, both of you have seen a lot of South Park. Yes. So let me ask you this. Uh, is it Kyle's character that always is uh, delivering a speech about like something being unjust? It's, and... it's usually Stan, but I think it's both. I think it's either Stan or Kyle. I do relate I to that. The character in South Park that always is like uh, delivering some like a monologue about the the sense of injustice and how to like that that also resonates. Okay, <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm probably if we're if we're comparing me to anyone in South Park, it'd probably be like Butters. <laughs> <laughs> as a kid i'm always getting in trouble with but not meaning to oh yeah. i love butters. butters has a wild imagination what about you sarah what about like any kind of characters that really resonated with you when you were younger um well going backwards i'm catching up first of all i think katie would be tweak on south park okay <laughs> do you remember tweak? yes <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay um makes sense yeah. going back to simpsons like i started watching simpsons on the tracy ullman show with my mom yeah, and, like, yeah. i love the simpsons and i but i absolutely resonated with lisa of course. oh i mean do you, you think are, Lisa might be on the spectrum? Yeah, I would say. You are Lisa at your core. Yeah. Like, um, if, like, there was no... I was, like, writing letters to my seventh grade science oh, teacher you, about, like, the ethics of his... Will you please sex tell ed. the story about that? Just, like, briefly. Just in, in seventh grade, one of the sex ed um, pods that I got in my life, uh, I had a teacher say that homosexuality was, um, like, I don't know, unnatural, immoral. Use some word. I don't know. So I wrote a letter... Typed. Um, typed it on my dad's probably <laughs> Commodore 64. Nice. Um, about how inappropriate it was and how, like, they he was responsible for, like, shaping them, you know, how kids see this in the future and all this stuff. And then I signed it, like, straight but not narrow. So <laughs> it's, my it's my favorite. You didn't straight tell anybody. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't even tell my dad. Did you ever get a response? Yeah. Uh, well, kind of. He... After, at the end of class, he said, someone left a letter for me, and I'd like to speak with them um, if they are comfortable. And so I did stay after class, and I said I wrote the letter. And, they, and he said, did you write this or did your parents? And I said, I wrote this. And he said, okay. And that's it. That's it. So. <laughs> I he, love that story. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it makes me wonder if that teacher was going to, like, chew out your parents if you said it was them. No, I think he was worried. He probably wanted to know, are parents involved or is yeah. it just a kid thing? Am I going to get in okay. trouble? Am I getting in trouble? He's covering his ass. Yeah. Speaking of which, I know this is a little off topic, but there's a teacher in our town who got suspended for using the N-word in class. And the kid that recorded this teacher doing it, they suspended them. Why? Because they violated the teacher's privacy, even though Missouri is a one-party consent state. I was going to say, I thought you could do that. Yeah. (sighs) Sorry, I I can't. And they released, in the article, they released the name of the kid, but not the name of the teacher. What? I know. It's it's fucked up. That's wow. fucked up. Yeah. Uh, that happened here? Yeah, in, in Springfield. I uh, will send you a link or, or something. Everybody look that up yeah. if you have time and fucking let them know how you feel about it. Yeah, for, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we do have a, a good percentage of our listeners are local. But um, yeah. so for me, there is, there is only one character so that has resonated with me. Uh, since I was was young. And this was a character that was introduced to me by my mother um, because my parents owned a bookstore. And that's Calvin 
from Calvin oh, and Hobbes. Okay. And if there is any, and, and still to this day, and I, I love Calvin and Hobbes. I've got their hardback bound box set of yeah. all the, the works from Calvin and Hobbes. But I mean, think about it. Like his inability to like constant daydreaming. Yeah. His imagination, sure. his, you know, he gets hyper-focused on things. Impulsive. It, very impulsive. Yeah. Uh, kind of speaks without thinking. Uh, imaginative, and I feel like Hobbes might be like, yeah, <laughs> that, uh, his conscience his almost, e- his his id, his his ego, his id, his super ego. I don't know, possibly, but uh, you know, I don't think I don't know if Bill Watterson wrote him as having ADHD, but he very clearly is. Bill, is he still alive? He is. Oh, uh, but he's just kind of retired. He's yeah. kind of he he. I, I have a lot of respect for him Me because too. he would never let his stuff get licensed except for like maybe one calendar, I think. Um, which pisses me off when I see like the Calvin peeing. I know, things. but I, it is, it is like, um, remarkable though that, that he has. Yeah. He doesn't, he's pretty reclusive. He doesn't give many interviews or anything like that. There is an interesting documentary about him called dear Mr. Watterson where they kind of talk about him. They don't even interview him in the, in the thing. Uh, this is the second time I'll mention this character, uh, in our, podcast since we started but bobby from bobby's world bobby from bobby's i think world. all yeah, three totally. of us could probably relate to uh like creating stories in our mind about mm-hmm. like what adults were talking about that made it make sense and like right. had that like type of imagination yeah. that like t- kind of like was dissociative in a way <laughs> well i know that that calvin came first and i wonder if there's a little bit of inspiration in bart simpson and, and in bobby from bobby's world from calvin i'm sure like dennis the menace Oh, well, yeah. Dennis Menace is old school. I remember watching the old cartoons. Old school, but I could that. definitely. I, I, think, I think I got called Dennis the Menace a lot. I can so see that. <laughs> I, I asked our friend Chad about, uh, to give me a list of people in fictional media that are. Let me give one more oh, before sure, we ask sure, Chad. Sure. I was just thinking of Daria. If you remember okay. the MTV show. Oh, yeah. And I use Daria as an example if I'm trying to explain dyspraxia, which is like ways in which you're, you're body isn't responding the way you want it to. For example, in the intro to Daria, when the bo- volleyball comes to her and it goes past her and then her hand goes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I used to see that as being like, um, how I felt about PE. Like I didn't like it. And I was like, ah, whatever, fuck it. But like now that I understand dyspraxia and autism, it makes more sense to me that like, there are people that that's legit. Like how yes. they respond like in its involuntary. You. <laughs> there are people like me. There are people like that. Who are, you. <laughs> so you are those people. Yeah. Here's here's a list that Chad GPT gave me of fictional characters that have traits associated with attention deficit. How many are there? Disorder. I'm curious. I'm not going to go through the whole list because there's some of these characters I, I don't recognize okay. or don't know enough about them. But uh, number one, Bart Simpson. Right. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, number two, Sterling Archer. Yep. Um... Jake Peralta yep. from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I think they've even mentioned that because I was wa- in, in one of those neurodivergence in media. He has a, a mail tub he where he keeps a, all of his mail in the And bathtub. he has a huge issue with like impulsive spending and things like that, which, and, which tracks. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. Some of these I don't know, so I'm not going to say, but Fred and George Weasley. Yep. From Harry Potter. Uh, let's see. Dory. From, from Finding Nemo? Yeah. Oh. No. I don't know. I've never seen it. I don't know it, enough so. to say. Yeah. I thought she had like short term like short term memory loss. Both Lilo and Stitch. Okay, yeah. ADHD. Yeah. Um <laughs> Scooby Doo. Yeah, I, I mean The Dog? Yeah. Okay. Fred Flintstone? Oh, I, I don't know, know enough about that. Tony Stark. Yeah. Yeah. I mean <laughs> if if there's anyone who gets hyper fixated. Right. I real. mean, yeah. <laughs> Harley Quinn. Uh let's I don't see. Know enough about that. There's a lot of like Looks like all of the people who were the Flash <laughs> and Quicksilver. Okay. Deadpool, uh, which I definitely get that. Ferris Bueller. Oh. Ariel from The Little Mermaid. Oh. Could be ADHD. You think? Isn't it neat? <laughs> so, both yeah. both Aladdin and the Genie. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Robin I mean, Williams. Well, yeah, and that's Just the thing. Robin I, don't, Williams. I don't know if Robin Williams. And every character yeah. played. I don't know if Robin Williams was ever officially diagnosed, but I remember my mother. Uh, telling me that, like, because I liked Robin Williams as a kid. And I remember my mother telling me that, you know, Robin Williams probably has ADHD just like you, you know, that kind of thing. I guess I in, could, in a way yeah. for me. To, to, I feel like, like every character almost that he's played is, probably has ADHD. Stimpy? 
Who's that? From oh, Ren and, and Stimpy. Oh, that show is grotesque. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't watch it. <laughs> That's a show. So I used to watch that show. And then oh, it's... one morning we were leaving for church and I was watching Ren and Stimpy in the family room and the Don't Whiz on the Electric Fence episode oh. was playing. And my mom's like, yeah, you're never watching nope. that again. <laughs> no. What about Pinky and the Brain? Um, Pinky, probably. Yeah, right? The Brain's Just like probably all of the Animaniacs. <laughs> for real. Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. <laughs> all right. I don't I mean, know. Yeah. They're fast. Harry Dunn from Dumb and Dumber, but Lloyd Christmas isn't on the list. Oh, interesting. Which one's Lloyd? So Lloyd was Jim Carrey. Okay. Harry was the other guy. Okay. Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Cosmo Kramer. Yeah. I mean, Seinfeld, I mean, Seinfeld is, is autistic. Autistic. And like that character is. Mm-hmm. Larry David as well, right? Larry Maybe? David is on the spectrum. Yeah. yeah. I think he's said that he is. Um, Steve Urkel. Okay. Roger Rabbit. If we're going to say Steve Urkel, what about his, his like, uh... Alter ego, <laughs> Stefan Urkel? <laughs> He's neurotypical. Or actually, he may be, like, narcissistic. <laughs> I don't know. That's funny. He's dashing. Tigger. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. In fact, there was a, a little piece from that uh, video I watched where it said lot, that, like, all yeah. the characters in Winnie the Pooh all have some kind of neurological yeah. disorder. Uh, Peter Pan. Okay. Uh, let's see, Napoleon Dynamite. I mean, Napoleon Dynamite is it's hard to say because every character in that sh- in that movie is like <laughs> oh, it's like from an alter. It's like a weird movie, but yeah. I could see that. Yeah, uh, Eric Cartman, Beavis and Butthead, Louise okay. Belcher, for sure, for sure, sure Belchers. Yeah, the Belchers are Daria, Daria, yeah. Morty from Rick and Morty. Okay, what about like I was thinking of people like like Star Trek. I feel like. Mm-hmm. I feel oh, like, for sure. No, that um, was just the ADHD list. I have oh, another list for ASD. I didn't realize okay. that. Which okay. we can we can get into in a second. But what do you feel about some of those as far? Are there any of those that like maybe you agree or disagree with, as far as like ADHD traits? There are some that I just don't know enough about. Yeah, right. Um, and, and I skipped a bunch that I don't know. Like it's about. it's hard for me to say uh, Sonic the Hedgehog because it's like, I mean, does he have a character? Like a, apart from like, is there a character development? He loves, he loves chili dogs. Well, there's a movie that just came out. There were two movies, like, okay. and there was an animated series and a comic series. Okay, and in the yeah, animated no. series, he was voiced by Jaleel White, who played Steve Urkel. I would in the definitely Family Matters. I would definitely yes. say <laughs> like Rainbow him. Dash on Little My Little Pony. Okay, definitely ADHD. Uh, I love that series. I know I haven't that's... seen it. I don't want to like. I mean, I mean, I hey, I don't want to. <laughs> I, I don't want to just be take a, a breath. Just take a breath, Eric. It's okay. I don't want to be a brony. I mean, <laughs> it's like stay away from it. Don't get upset. It's so good, though. It really is. Um, but Rainbow Dash for sure. Uh, anyone that that you think should be included for ADHD? No, I don't think I have as good of a tag on that because that's not what I relate to. I know, yeah. So let's talk about people who might be like more ASD, like those kinds of characters. Okay. I know you've brought up some people before. I don't know enough about it to like really say, oh, that person's autistic or not. So uh, this is going to need to be mostly the two of you. Okay. And then I have a list and we can see if you agree or disagree. All right. Cool. Like, uh, so Star Trek. Yeah. My whole life I've related to a character on Star Trek. So like the obvious Spock mm-hmm. data. Somebody brought up to me though recently Worf, which I hadn't thought about, but then I'm like, yes, Worf. So what, what uh, traits would Worf possess I just think about Worf. Lieutenant Commander Worf. Right. I, I don't know about, anything. I think about like Worf and his relationship with his son Alexander. Okay. And how they interact and talk to each other. Also how well Worf gets along with Data. And they're very just like plain and like, like explain that to me. Very like matter <laughs> you know, of fact. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and logical. Um, and they have a set of rules that they struggle and, and are, that they live by. But they is also like a working mm-hmm. organic thing. And you had mentioned Uhura when we Uhura, were talking about this earlier. Odo, Seven and Nine. All yeah. these people, I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, see, I relate to a lot of characters in that show. So let me ask you this. If the majority of characters in Star Trek are might be ASD or on the spectrum, would the Borg be the neurotypical? Because they all conform. Because we are one. <laughs> we are Borg. We are Borg. <laughs> I like I'm like, that. I don't Maybe even. Maybe that's why the Borg is, is like the most terrifying adversary to me. It, I, I mean, it is pretty terrifying. Yeah. I mean, so... Uh, not to get on a little tangent about Star Trek The Next Generation, but my parents were huge Star Trek fans, right? And so when I was a kid, when the new Star Trek series started, The Next Generation, with Worf and Captain Picard and all that, uh, rest in peace, Tasha Yar, died in the first season. But anyway, uh, like that was like our weekly thing. It was my dad would make uh, Rotel dip 
you know, um, and mm-hmm. we would have like chips and dip and we would watch Star Trek The Next Generation every night. And it seemed like that was our weekly tradition from the day it started to, I remember watching the season finale. Yeah. Too. Like it's awesome. like that was like our like family tradition. Oh, it's Star Trek night. That's what we're doing tonight. <laughs> you wow. know? How about you, Katie? What about uh, any characters that you might think might be on the spectrum or autistic <sighs> that are portrayed in me? I'm trying to think and I keep drawing a blank because I'm my brain is not working. Well, but... I know you've mentioned arrested development a few times. When you've so had... yeah, um I so I think that um all of the all like in no matter what, when you're looking at characters, right? Like a lot of times, like in like the sh- when the show begins, it's right in the middle of like what could be described as like a traumatic event, right? True. Like True. for for example, in Arrested Development, the show series starts when uh, the dad goes to jail, um, and everything's kind of scattered. Buster mm-hmm. on Arrested Development is like you couldn't convince me that he's not on the spectrum. He has stimming behaviors when he is overstimulated. He puts his hands behind his behind his lays his two fingers behind his ears and he kind of moves his hands around like and he rocks a little bit. Like those are characteristics um and like uh Job Gob <laughs> <laughs> um he has characteristics that are uh also um and traits that are uh that are ADHD, right? Like not being able to stick with something. Uh, he's made a huge mistake. Like he's constantly. He's a magician. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like magician. you'd almost have to be ADHD if you're going to pursue that kind of career. For, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. And so um, I think like just Arrested Development is hugely coded by uh, neurodiversity. So I have a list here that Chad gave me of people, and I'm not going to go through the whole list because a lot of these things are like from dramas and stuff that I've never seen, but there's some interesting ones on here. Of course, uh, Raymond from Rayman, Rain Man, which I mean, I you were going to uh, say everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> which uh, Dustin Hoffman won a Oscar, yeah, for for his portrayal there. And um, hang on, let's let's like uh, just stop there for a second. There is a different like there that he is a savant, like he yes. is characterized as a savant, and not everybody who's autistic is is a savant, is a, right? Yeah. Um, so Sheldon Cooper from the Big Bang Theory. I've not really gotten into that show, which everyone's like, oh, you look like the kind of guy who would love that show. And I watched like a couple episodes and it seemed like condescending I'll tell you, and my patronizing. ADHD, but... my, my neurodivergent brain cannot handle a laugh track to save my life. Oh, wow. I hadn't thought about that, but I really don't <laughs> watch little things. Uh, Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Because he takes everything so oh, literal. Yeah. Like in, in his uh, alien species, like that's one of their dominant characteristics um let's see did either of you watch community no okay because i didn't uh but there's a A character abed tracks yeah so i actually this character was brought up in some of those uh in some of my research and dan Harmon, actually uh one of the creators of community started to wonder as he was writing this character if he himself might be on the spectrum and apparently uh he's been evaluated he is Uh, and then he also went on to create rick from Rick and Morty, uh, and Rick apparently is autistic as well. And they showed a clip where Rick is playing a video game with Morty, and he goes, "Is this game supposed to appeal to autistic people?" And <laughs> Morty goes, "Why would you say something like that?" And he goes, "And he goes, because I'm loving it." <laughs> <laughs> that show um, is so hard to watch. So, tell me if you know this one, because I I watched this show as a kid. I know you did because you've talked about it. Billy Cranston from the Power Rangers, the Blue Power Ranger. Oh gosh, it's hard for me to go back and even like, <laughs> like uh, I would have to see some clips of them as reminders. It's been so long. Yeah, uh, Lisbeth Salander from the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Have you, either of you seen that? I read it. Yeah. I read it. I could see that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Doctor Manhattan from Watchmen. I don't know I don't that. Know. Oh, <laughs> neither of you seen Watchmen? Uh-uh. Oh, you I don't gotta even see know that. that no, is. Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> from from everything I know. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see if I know any of these other characters. Cause, did you uh, watch did Walter you guys White watch? Jr. from Breaking Bad? Walt Jr.? I, I don't watch that show. He's got, I think he has MS. Oh. Um, like even in real life. Uh, let's oh. see. Um, I think Benedict Cumberpatch is Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. That was one that was I brought up. It wasn't that. on this yeah. list, but yeah. Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Newt Scamander from Fantastic Beasts. Neither of you seen it's from the oh, Harry Potter? Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. I was thinking of Newt from Alien. And it didn't give me as long as a list, but Elsa. And that's one that's come up a lot. Yeah, I've heard that. Elsa, Elsa. from Frozen might have And maybe Anna has ADHD. So uh, you watched Roseanne. Yeah. Do you think uh, Darlene from Roseanne is on the spectrum? I think about that. I could see that. Um, DJ might have ADHD. I mean, yeah. is that not 
<laughs> is that not just said? <laughs> I thought that was like, yeah. yeah, I can see that. Okay. All right. So what are your overall thoughts on how neurodivergence is represented in popular media? So like, I, I just thought of so many characters. I just want to say. A okay, go more. for it. Go so for it. Bones from the show Bones. Yeah. Okay. Definitely on the spectrum. Um, like Spencer Reed from Criminal Minds. Oh, House. House. Um, show. I've been trying to get Sarah to watch that show. Um, I just had to get that out or they would be like sitting on my brain. Uh, I think that there, I, I, when you, when you look this topic up as we did, Uh um, it is hard to find an article, not in all of the mix that is basically saying like, this is, uh, that like the potential for harm, Mm -hmm. um, in like characters that are, um, on the spectrum or have ADHD and like the misrepresentation in the media. Yeah. And so, like, I think that, like, obviously we probably need to talk about that because that's what comes up when you when you Google this so, topic. So would you would you say you have any examples of neurodivergent character that would be, like, particularly well portrayed right now in the media? I mean, I know there's and, – and before anybody comments or, or sends us a nasty email, I know the show Atypical exists. I just I'll have tell not you, seen it. <laughs> I'll tell you I have seen it. Uh-huh. Um, I think that the best representation in that show of autism is the mom. Really? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And maybe that's something to be brought up is that there are a lot of these characters that we are identifying with as neurodivergent in some way. Their, their character isn't actually out as saying that. Well, some and of the them char- are. But... Some of them. But, like, the characters that are, say, like, the guy from Rain Man. Um, say like the Big Bang Theory guy, mm-hmm. um, the, sometimes the people who are self-identifying as neurodivergent in media, it is the most extreme representation yes. of it. And I don't know if that's, if that's harmful or not, but like, it is sometimes hard to, like, I don't, I don't relate to those characters no. and maybe somebody might think, well, then maybe that means that I'm not neurodivergent. I mean, that, that there's a potential for, I think that, I think that mm-hmm. like people maybe think that it would be harmful to yeah to to make assumptions on about ADHD or, or ASD um based on those characters and sure that might be harmful i am i'm just of the camp that like any like when things are represented mm-hmm. especially um in like the early stages of that it's going to be clumsy sure. it's going to there are going to be um you know, ways. I prefer they be there. Yes. Than they not. I, I prefer guess. there be representation, even clumsy, clumsy as it ones, may be. Yeah. Uh, I prefer that than nothing at all. Yes. Right. And so when you have shows like Atypical, um, I have met people who present with their autism very, very similarly as that character presents in the show. And that's not representative of all people who have autism. It's not, that's not representative of that, but, but it is representative of a lot of people that I do know. And like the characteristics are representative. Also, it's a character in a TV show. So like there are going to be things written into that character's um, personality that are, that are separate from that, but that Mm -hmm. are adjacent to it as well. Makes you wonder about the writers. I mean, here, here's, here's something. In, in that show, there is a character who comes out as non-binary. Okay. And in the episode that I'm watching, that character, I said, that character is going to come out as non-binary. That character doesn't, but the actor does. Okay. And so I do think that there is something to be said about somebody who is on the spectrum or somebody who is non-binary or trans or whatever, watching something and being able to see something in a character. Okay. That so it connects to them. Veering off the, the subject as far as like gender identity is concerned. Um, did either of you watch the Umbrella Academy and how they handled uh, Elliot Page's character's transition? No. In the latest oh, season? I didn't watch that it. Was how really did well they handle done. it? Oh, okay. It was just like, this is who I am now. And they're all like, cool. Okay. And they immediately start using his pronouns and, and all of those kinds of things. Um, but it was, <laughs> that's a great show, by yeah. the way, if you haven't seen it, it it's a fantastic show. Uh, do you think that there's a responsibility for media creators to accurately portray neurodivergent individuals? No, I, I don't think I the don't media think has a responsibility so. to anyone. I know. And I also think that like, um, that whole, that whole sentence is like, there's so many, there's so much flawed logic in it. Like an accurate <laughs> representation of something that is on a spectrum that impacts people and the way that they present and the way that it impacts them is so wide and broad. Let me me rephrase this then. So if a writer is going to write a character as 
on the spectrum yeah. or neurodivergent. And that's part of their character's lore. Do they have a responsibility to portray that accurately? If they're know. saying this is no, this I don't is think so. I this character, like... they are autistic and yeah. they, they do you feel so you don't feel like they have a responsibility? I mean, here's to... the thing, I guess. Uh I don't know. I I'm having a problem with the word responsibility. Yeah. I think I it's... think that they have I mean I think that in order for that character's uh, development to be successful mm-hmm. and for people to, and if, if the intent of that um, diagnosis is because it's wanting to reach a broader audience, then maybe it's not their responsibility to be accurate in their portrayal or to like, you know, have somebody that's co-writing who is on the spectrum or mm-hmm. something like that. Then that it probably is not going to be very successful for them if okay. that is their goal. I mean, that's valid. If their goal or intent is to um, have an inaccurate misrepresentation of that, then like, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I, why? Do you, would, so, <laughs> I wouldn't want to watch it. So I, that, I guess in other terms, do you think it would be irresponsible to misrepresent i mean it'd be irresponsible probably in the sense of like uh it'd be irresponsible to their to the to their career development yeah. <laughs> right I think, I think what i'm hearing if i understand katie and what and I, I think what i'm thinking too is that like um if something is not represented accurately and it's inauthentic then it's probably not going to touch many people or go very far yeah so they do have responsibility in the sense that they want something to be successful and like right then they do Okay. If somebody writes a character that's like wildly uh, inaccurate as a portrayal of like ASD and they're coding it that way or saying like that this character is autistic, then then like there are enough people I think that would go, well, that's fucking not right. They wouldn't watch it. They, there would be not there wouldn't be a very strong appeal to it. So it'd be kind of like, I mean, is it their responsibility to themselves, I guess, if they want to have a Okay. No, successful yeah. career of writing in authentic characters to them. Like, I don't know what to say. Like other than that, I think it's our responsibility as a, as a general public to be informed enough on these topics to know when somebody is inaccurately portraying a character and then just not consume their fucking art. What traits, <laughs> what traits or disorders do you think might be more commonly represented in media? Others? I mean, I think the ones that are uh, like things like, if you think about Sheldon Cooper or mm-hmm. like Bones or Spencer Reed, it's the social uh, interactions yeah. um, and the way that those like are able to be presented in a way where the audience can read that as. You awkward. brought up like Rain Man earlier. I mean, you see a lot of those kinds of things too, like Beautiful Mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, these, you know, people that you say would be a savant. Right. Um, you see, I think you see that a lot. If you look at like a character like Buster uh, in Arrested Development, Buster Bluth, like, I don't think that somebody who had didn't know very much about autism would, would see his character and go, Oh, like I, I wonder if he's on the spectrum, like as they would, if you were looking at a character like, uh, Sheldon Cooper, right? Because those, because those characteristics are a lot more like quiet. I think, I don't know how to describe it. That's I'm, fine. I'm struggling. We all struggle. It's all good. <laughs> it's been a thousand years. What since do you Monday. think? <laughs> what do you think would be some common misconceptions for, perpetuated by popular media about neurodivergence that maybe someone might get the wrong idea. Well, maybe this ties into Katie, what, what you're kind of trying to talk about is there are the very typical uh, presentations of being on the spectrum, say that are portrayed in media that people pick up on. Right. And then there Mm. are the ones that are quieter symptoms or the things that aren't as common, maybe that women experience. And maybe a good example of this to me would be, um, there is a woman named Holly Madison who was on Girls Next Door in the 90s or early 2000s or something I used to watch. It's a reality show. Um, for some reason, I really related to her character, and she's, she's kind of different, and I didn't know why. And later, she wrote an autobiography and talked about how she is on the spectrum and, and talks about how some of that, her experience during those times. And those symptoms that she did exhibit on that show are the much more quiet symptoms mm-hmm. of... Um, I'm trying to, like, um, the way that she knows how to relate to other people, the time that she takes to respond to things, the thoughtfulness that she uses, um, things like that are quiet symptoms. So, like, maybe misconceptions in the media are just more due to the things that we are openly identifying and the openly identified symptoms versus the things that um, we haven't quite started talking about or showing yet. Right. I think, like, um if you look at like Seinfeld or Larry David, mm-hmm. for example, like <clears throat> there are a lot of ways that their characters could be misunderstood as being 
arrogant or um, like rude um, or selfish, etc. I I can think of a thousand ways in which Jerry Seinfeld in his show and like Larry David in oh, his yeah. show could be seen as like inappropriate um, or like feel that way. Um, if if you understand that from the perspective of like uh, that being a person who has uh, ASD or is on the spectrum, it does start to make sense in a different way. Like you do start to understand like that um, ways in which that maybe coming across as like being an asshole is mm-hmm. actually not like, it's just, it just looks different from how it's, it's t- typically portrayed on the media or on TV shows. One thing that I always, you know, pick up on is how just like the littlest things bother him, especially like when he's dating someone and yes. he has to break up with him because, like, she pronounces a word weird or yes. something like or that. Or, like, there's something about the way that they, uh, like, read the newspaper. <laughs> and, like, I can so relate to that. And I remember watching that, that show with my family and the way that, like, those things would be responded to by, by my family and how, like, I necessarily, I, a lot of times I could relate. Uh, and I'd be like, well, that actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, like, I don't see what the big like, deal is. Like I don't is. see What's what the, the big problem? deal is. Like somebody making that sound every time they did this would fucking drive me crazy. Like and so I just think that um, I forgot what the we were just talking about Seinfeld. Okay. Uh, if, if there's one takeaway from Seinfeld is that if you drop your partner's toothbrush in the toilet, tell them so they can get a new toothbrush. Yes. <laughs> God, I don't know that episode. Oh, oh it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so many examples. There, there's of another that show. show. <laughs> there's a show I want to ask you about. I don't think Sarah's seen this, but I know you have. Always Sunny in Philadelphia. What? <laughs> I mean, Dennis is probably a narcissist, right? I. It's so <laughs> hard. I don't think that those character, any of those characters, can be diagnosed without, uh, like a, deep a detox. Dive. <laughs> <laughs> A multi-episode deep dive into the. I mean, into the origin stories of each of them, and then detoxing. Uh, into sobriety so that you could actually get like a clear baseline for like what actual behaviors would like be presented. Okay. <laughs> because okay. it's, because that show is so, I mean, how could you even? I couldn't imagine sort of... the writers of the show who are also the stars of the show uh, <laughs> being able to write that show without being themselves. I would be, I think that it would be awesome to have a podcast where you interview people who are the writers of shows like that and mm-hmm. be like, like asking them what they would diagnose those characters. <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be interesting. Um, but that's really, unless either of you have anything else to add uh, about the, the present representation of neurodivergence in popular media, that's really going to do it. I mean, all that I would want to add at this point is like, if, if there's anything that we have said, or like, if, if like anybody listening feels like, uh, you know, that there has been something misrepresented or like, like feels very strongly about this topic. Cause obviously the three of us are not supercharged by this topic. We don't have like a vendetta against a certain show that's misrepresented or like whatever. And, but I do know there are a lot of people just from researching Mm -hmm. that are charged by this topic. So like, I just want to kind of clarify that like, this is not something that all any of all three of us, we are not charged by this topic. This is not something that is like, it's just something fun to talk about. So if there is something that you feel like we have uh, missed on this you know, on these, on this front that you would like to share, please feel free. Um, and, and keep in mind, we're all either in our forties or, or very close to it. <laughs> and, uh, I feel like the way you consume media also changes as you age, because it's just like, someone was telling me about some show. I don't even remember the name, but there, I was like, how many seasons is it? And they're like, Oh, it's nine seasons. I'm like, Nope, I'm not even going to start. So That's too I've much. been told <laughs> to watch shameless over and over again. And I look every time I pop it up, like look at it. I'm like, there's like fucking 15 yeah you get, that's a commitment like that. it is a commitment you're There's like what no if i get way. into it then and, and for me i want to binge watch stuff. oh me too uh, you know and i was like that's that's like sarah and weeks. i watched <laughs> sarah and i watched beef in like one night and, and that's a good and i watched it in one day imagine so, there's 15 seasons uh, <laughs> uh, it's too much like it, it's good to get into the ground floor because that's how i did breaking for bad sure. uh i got I into that breaking second bad. season uh, that's how i got into better call Saul's because it was a um yeah. You know, it was a spinoff. So I started from the very first episode of the very last week to week. Uh, Weeds I got into really early. So I finished yeah. that whole thing. And I honestly prefer a week to week format. 
because it gives me something to look forward to. Sometimes, yeah. you know, I, I like the way they do that with like The Mandalorian on Disney Plus. I want to watch um, that. Some of the shows on Hulu do it week to week, but like the Netflix, when it just dumps it all on you at once, I'm like, oh. there's no way I'll ever be able to watch Shameless. I wish that there was a way I can convey to people. I that ask watched me to watch a... Shameless up until like the third season and then kind of just stopped and now i'm just like i can't because it's been so long that I, yeah. i'm probably gonna want to have to start over again but there were i remember some really emotionally intense For sure. uh moments in shameless that was like lost i didn't watch yeah. lost when it came out but when that came out like when i saw it on netflix one time i was like i'm gonna watch this and it was such an investment did it suck you in did you finish it was and it was the worst fucking show it was terrible <laughs> like it wasn't my show it, like it's not a show that like katie watches like yeah. but instead i spent Every fucking night. Oh, Watching man. like four episodes at a time. I just remember, I've never seen a single episode of Lost. And I just remember a lot of people being really disappointed with it. I mean, the finale, I didn't watch it in real time. The finale, I was like, yeah, that tracks. Yeah. I was not surprised. I didn't, I did. I wasn't like miffed. Yeah. But. Huh. Anyway, so that's that. <laughs> do you think, do you think Zach Morris might be neurodivergent? Yeah. Well, he daydreams a lot. Yeah, I think so. You know, I do. The whole stopping time thing. <laughs> Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell. The I mean, guy. Screech is obvious. Oh, I don't know. You what? You never watched Saved I by the Bell? I can't think. I I'm Zach trying Morris to like recall. Star. I know I've seen Saved by the Bell, but I think I just remember him as being such an arrogant asshole. I don't yes, yes, he is an arrogant asshole. So I can't think of anything else except there's, that. I feel like a, he's an arrogant asshole in probably like similar ways that like if we probably didn't have like crushed self esteem, Eric and I would probably be arrogant there, assholes. Uh, there's a great youtube series called zach morris is trash oh my God. and it just it, it just deep dives into one particular episode every every little episode of this and just goes on like oh, all the terrible shit. things and the ways he takes advantage and manipulates people oh, for and, sure and you know it's 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 really good but if you haven't seen it check it out anyway uh are you here for anything um Sarah and I are leaving Friday morning to oh, go to Florida for fuck Florida, by the way. Sorry to say that. Um, <laughs> they bought their tickets a long time ago. We are taking are care of an elderly dog. <laughs> okay. That is what's bringing us there. Um, and we are going to be just on the beach for 10 days, like taking an elderly dog out twice a day um, to go to the bathroom and not. And you're going to go to the headquarters of Scientology. You're going to go to Clearwater, right? Allegedly. Uh, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> That's like been my dream. I'm like, if I ever go to Florida, I'm oh, going to Clearwater. I will FaceTime you while we're there. So just you to see if I can get yes. like, asked so to you leave can get, like, by a Scientologist. <laughs> so maybe we can get our Thetans tested. You're, you're in audit. An audit? You need, you need an audit. They would they would probably audit me for about two seconds you and be like, cans. be gone. Be gone. <laughs> Bye-bye. They're like, you're not serious. You are not uh, bag. Sarah, are you are you hyped for your vacation? I'm hyped for vacation. I'm also hyped for VIP. <gasps> yes. Oh, so for those of you, I mean, I know we've brought it up. We don't we don't talk about it a whole lot, but we bring it up every once in a while about trivia. So we had like the most amazing comeback. <laughs> it was so ever. Cool. Um, and if if you want to listen to us talk about it, we will just for a second. We uh, you know the the way the trivia is structured is there's different rounds and and they announce who the who who's in first, second, and third place each round? We started off at like second place, and then As immediately fell out of the top three. Uh huh. Um, and and just did really you know poorly. We had uh, to come from behind. We, <laughs> we, had to, we had to come from behind. But the last round is is the plot twist round. It's usually a difficult question where you have to put something in order in a uh, for a certain thing. Um, and, but you can wager your points. Yeah. And so we had no choice but to go all in and. Everybody else got the question wrong. Sarah, with her love of national parks, got the question correct. Yes. We won. Now we get to be VIP. chilling up in VIP the day before you leave for vacation. I'm so. Do we bring uh, the Dutch excited. oven? Do we bring the Dutch oven? I mean, that's what I'm here for: is sourdough bread. Uh, because <laughs> I got a starter uh, started. Uh, you let me borrow your Dutch oven. You gave it to me at Trivia. trivia. It sat on our it table. It sat on our table. We won. So I'm thinking we might have to, but I'm also thinking I'm probably going to make a loaf of sourdough bread for the owner of the bar uh, and bring it in. God, you're a, such a suck up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Uh, who painted owner... a picture of the owner's dog? <laughs> <laughs> the owner of this bar is the best. So the best. he deserves every sourdough loaf. Yeah. Right. Uh, but anyway, that's going to do it for us. Who is your favorite neuro neurodivergent character? 
in media or who is your least favorite, email us at neurodetergent.pod at gmail.com. Shoot us a message on Facebook. Leave us a voicemail, whatever. Um, just a quick reminder, if you feel like it, you can uh, support our podcast by donating through our link on our Spotify page. Um, but other than that, that's going to do it for this week. We will see you next week. Happy Mother's Day. Happy to Mother's, mother's Day. Out there late, uh, but even though we're still. two weeks late, Katie and Sarah, I hope you have a great uh, vacation. I'm going to miss you and I, I will take good care of Gary. Yes, take care. Yes. <laughs>